Unfortunately, the problem is that so many people, and yes, even leaders, that still to this day have an identity crisis problem. We have adults in professional positions and even leaders within organizations that are still that junior high and high school kid on the inside who have no clue who they are. Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to learn about essential rock number one, identity, and how it can make or break all of your domains of influence. I just love a good story, don't you? Whether it's a movie or a book, I totally get sucked into a story that has a main character who has this amazing backstory and is on a journey to solve an external problem, all the while coming to terms with an internal problem that he or she has always struggled with. But the fact of the story is that the external problem, such as a crisis, a threat, or being fired from a job, or even going through a breakup, usually forces the character to deal with their internal problem. And it's that internal problem, which, by the way, usually has to do with the concept of the character's identity, that keeps us from getting bored with the story. By going along with the character's transformational journey of discovering who the character really is and what it is that he or she is really made of, that's the captivating part of the whole story. So why is that? Because so often we can put ourselves in the character's shoes of struggling with identity and finding out what we're truly made of. So for example, I absolutely love the musical The Greatest Showman, starring Hugh Jackman, who plays the main character P.T. Barnum. So he was a boy born in poverty who was looked down upon, but becomes friends with and later marries a wealthy young lady. At the beginning of the movie, he struggles with the external problem of providing a quality life for his wife and his two young daughters, which leads him to start The Amazing Circus. But as his circus business grows successful, he continues to struggle with his internal problem of identity, which is that he's always trying to prove himself worthy to be among the rich aristocrats he was always an outcast from. His struggle for identity and acceptance from the aristocratic crowd leads him to make bad business decisions and eventually leads to total devastation of his circus building. But... Even more than his business, his struggle with identity put him in situations that led to a huge scandal that almost cost him his marriage, and it created broken trust that almost cost him his closest friends. So now, in case you haven't seen the movie, (laughs) I won't spoil it for you any more than I already have, but like P.T. Barnum and his entire cast of circus misfits, you and I often struggle with our identity And that internal struggle often manifests itself through the external problems we experience at work and at home. So today, we're going to begin our journey of building our life and leadership on the eight essential rocks by learning about essential rock number one, the essential rock of identity. Now, the reason identity is essential rock number one is because it is the foundation for each person and how they engage with themselves internally and how they engage with the world externally. Upon identity's foundation develops the set of characteristics, traits, beliefs, 
and actions of a person. So for the sake of common language, you know I love common language. <laughs> Let's define identity as the set of characteristics, traits, or beliefs that describe the being of a person or thing. So one's identity of self will always be created and played out regardless of whether or not you want it to. Everything is going to shine <laughs> whether you want it to or not. One's struggle with identity will showcase itself in the five domains of impact. That is the self, our relationships, the cultures in which we belong, our work organization, and our community. However, we can have a say in the identity we create for ourselves, our relationships, our cultures, and our organizations. We as essential leaders can be intentional in establishing identity internally and externally. Unfortunately, the problem is that so many people, and yes, even leaders, still to this day have an identity crisis problem. We have adults in professional positions and even leaders within organizations that are still that junior high and high school kid on the inside who have no clue who they are. They can't spell out what they believe and they for dang sure can't take the risks needed to find out what they're made of. Here's the truth of what I believe. Unless you come to terms with your own insecurities and truly define your identity, the worst characteristics spawned from those insecurities will manifest and showcase themselves in the ugliest ways in your adult life. Why? Because the stress and anxiety that comes from constantly posing as something you don't feel like you are will eventually break you, and it will eventually affect every relationship you have at home and at work. Not knowing who you are, what you believe, and finding out what you're made of keeps you stressed and anxious as you constantly work to prove who you are to others, but also to yourself. Okay, case in point, think back to your junior high and high school days. Do you remember struggling with self-doubt and not being sure of who you were, what you believed, and how you were even going to survive school with your peers? Do you remember that feeling of stress and anxiety? The truth is that not being rooted firmly in your identity causes you to constantly feel bombarded with stress and anxiety versus having the feeling of peace that comes from being authentic and true to self. So here's how a lack of identity plays out in your life. And <laughs> feel free to picture any story or movie that you've seen or you've read where older people are the main characters. So for example, like the cartoon Up or movies like The Notebook or Wild Hogs. As a kid, you are wild, adventurous, and free to be who you want to be. And as a tween and budding teenager, ugh, you begin to internalize all the stories and feedback that your family and your peers tell you about who or what you are or are not. Now, in your late teens and early 20s, you begin to experiment with your identity to defy those internalized stories you've heard about yourself. I am not. <laughs> and then in your late 20s and early 30s, you settle on an identity according to the circumstances you find yourself in. And usually it's based on four things. It's usually based on what you look like, what you do for a living, what you have, or even who you know. But then, <laughs> as a middle-aged adult, you tend to find yourself feeling trapped by the identity you chose, so you fall into the midlife crisis category. And then finally, 
As an elderly person, you reflect with regret of what identity was actually manifested through the problems and challenges you went through. And, you know, depending on your level of hard-headedness, it will determine whether or not you're going to work to reconcile those regrets. So did I pretty much just sum up some people in your family and probably every movie ever that had an elderly person kind of as the star? I I think I have. (laughs) So whether we're talking about you, your children, or even a business that you've always dreamed about starting, identity is the foundation on which everything else will be built for the legacy of that person's life or that organization's existence. And that, my friends, is why identity is essential rock number one. Without a strong foundation, nothing else can stand. So (laughs) I've probably depressed you by now, but let me offer you some wonderful hope. The good news is that like P.T. Barnum, while your internal struggle with identity will manifest itself eventually, you can also resolve those internal struggles with identity and course correct, and you can still find your happy ending. So here's how we're going to get there. So whether you're reflecting on your own identity, the budding identities of your growing children, or maybe a lack of a defined identity within your organization, no matter the situation, the process of being intentional and developing a solid foundation of identity is going to be the same. You need to ask these four questions and then respond with four actions. So the four questions are this. One, who do I believe I am? Two, who do I want to become? Three, do I have what it takes to become who I want to be? And four, what roles do I play in building other people's identities? Now, for each reflective question, there is an action we must take to reconcile our characteristics, our traits, and our beliefs. For question number one, who do I believe I am? The action is to overcome the past. You must reflect on, work through, and overcome those past stories, pressures, and traumas you experienced in your youth. You must defeat the lies of who you believe you are based on the stories you were told, in order to tell yourself a more truthful story. Once you've quieted the noise from your past, you can move on to question two, who do I wanna become? Now, this is a choice of who you aspire to be, and that choice is up to you. You need to clearly define the aspirational identity of who you wanna be, and then identify, and here's where the action is, identify the gaps between who you are now and who you want to be. So then third, as you take that action to become who you want to be, (laughs) mark my words, (laughs) there will be many times where you're going to experience a crisis of belief, where you're going to ask yourself question number three, do I truly have what it takes to become who I want to become? And the action to meet that resistance of doubt is to focus on progress over perfection. And now as you make progress in becoming who you've always wanted to become, you're going to experience finally an inner peace of being truly authentic. And it's going to feel like an outer body experience because you're no longer bound by the misguided lies you used to believe about yourself. But through this outer body experience, you're also going to recognize all the other people around you that are struggling with their identity and the crisis that they're going through. And then you're gonna ask yourself question four, 
What roles do I play in building other people's identities? Now, at this level, you're going to quickly move to action by focusing on altruism because you recognize that life is, in fact, not about you, but it's about how you can serve others. So a great way of saying this, and I love what author Donald Miller says in his book, Story Brand and even Hero on a Mission, you need to move from being the hero to being the guide. So in other words, (laughs) you need to move from being Luke Skywalker to the Obi-Wan Kenobis or the Yodas. True leadership is about getting to the point where it's no longer about you. You are secure in who you are and your identity, that you are all about serving other people and helping them become the best versions of themselves. To quickly recap that journey of transforming your identity from who you think you are to who you want to be, There's four questions and four actions you must take. Question one is asking, who do I believe I am? And action one is overcoming the past stories, pressures, and traumas of what you've been told you are. Question two is asking, who do I want to become? Figuring out that aspirational identity. And then action two is defining the gap between who you are now and who or where you want to be. Question three comes at every moment of challenge or crisis when you ask, do I have what it takes to become who I wanted to be? And that's when you need to take action step number three of continuing forward by focusing on progress over perfection. And then finally, question four is asked once you reach the point of peace in your identity by now asking, what roles do I play in building other people's identities? And action step number four that goes along with that is focusing on altruism where you recognize that you are not the center of the universe and you need to move on from being the hero in the story to being the guide that helps other heroes discover who they really are. Now I want to take a minute to walk you through my own life story so you can see how all of these internal struggles started and how my identity has transformed through the four questions and actions. Now, (laughs) to be honest and completely transparent, I've probably changed identities several times in my life, (laughs) with junior high being the biggest roller coaster of identity of all. Now, as far back as I can remember, I loved playing sports, so I adopted the persona of an athlete who was tough and competitive, Um, That is, unless I was around my smart friends, and then I acted more like an academic who, honestly, I lied about even caring deeply about my GPA. I did not. And that is also until I was around my church friends where I felt bad about lying because I always knew the answer was to pray on it and give it to God. But that was also until I was around the popular people who dress nice and appeared to have freedom to go and do whatever they want. And at that point, I just wanted to torch all of the status roles and proudly proclaim who I thought I really was. I am a farm girl wearing either my homemade or my Walmart clothes, whose dad was never going to let her date and was bound for an arranged marriage to a broke farmer with whom I'd have 10 kids and live in a trailer in my parents' front yard. (laughs) And that's who I thought I was meant to become which is really funny considering where I'm at now. Now, at the age of 16, yes, I was officially allowed to date and I started dating my husband. So yes, I married my high school sweetheart. I was 19 when we got married. So now at this point, I need you to think about this. I'm 19, I'm in college, which typically has a partier type identity associated with it. 
But I'm in college to become a teacher, which has an upstanding citizen identity associated with it. And I was married, which, again, from the South, a small state, it had a Southern housewife with meals made from scratch associated with it. So as my husband joked, (laughs) all through my 20s, there was a different version of Bethany that you got depending on who I was with and what state I was in. So he always joked that the further away I was from the possibility of running into my students, the more fun I would become. Now, and in and around my family or my teaching circles, yes, I was a little bit more of a conservative goody-goody. So as I began my career and then, you know, I started having kids in my late 20s, I felt the immense pressure to be all things to all people. I felt the pressure to be the perfect wife, the perfect mom, and the perfect professional. So do you hear the word in there, perfect? There's no such thing as perfect. Think about that action of progress over perfection. So yes, let's just say I had some issues. I was constantly comparing myself and who I was or who I thought I was to who other people were. So I made darn sure I always tucked away my ugly and kept it from showing. I didn't want to be judged by society. And all that really led to was an identity crisis that manifested itself by me trying to eat and drink away my feelings and insecurities. In the past, the pressure of being this or being that based upon societal norms or even the perceived expectations of others caused me great angst and it stole my joy. Comparison is the thief of joy every time. But... Thank God. (laughs) Something happened in my 30s. I was fed up with comparing myself to everyone else's best showcased self on social media. And I made a choice. I made a choice to ask God who I really was and who I was really meant to be. So through daily Bible study and prayer, the lenses from which I viewed my life actually became way more focused. In a way, I love movies, y'all. In a way, I felt like I had a Matrix moment. You know where Neo like discovers the world is not really what he thought it was and it's actually the Matrix? Yeah, I had one of those. As I kept asking God to show me who I believed I was versus who he said I was, I had some major healing in overcoming past stories that I believed about myself that I didn't even recognize that I believed about myself. Because you see, I was a high achiever and a people pleaser who believed that I was only loved when I was achieving. This constant striving to please and achieve led to major stress and anxiety as I worked for affection. But I overcame my past beliefs about myself by realizing that I had allowed my mind to actually become my own matrix that was locking me in a state of pressure and fear of what I shouldn't be or what I should be, but wasn't. So I can't really blame society for my own weak mind. Instead, I started to own my own weaknesses. And really, a lot of my own weaknesses were just being completely self-focused. And I started leaning more into a God-focused mind. And now this is where I found answer to question number two. Who do I want to be? I decided that I wanted to be everything God tells me that I was actually made to be. I was made to be loved. I was made to be saved through Jesus. I was made to have peace that surpasses all understanding. And I was made to be strong and courageous. And I was meant for an abundant life. So I took action in defining the gap of where I was in my belief about myself and that of who God said I was. 
So that led me to many, many moments of crisis. (laughs) Once you make a declaration, I can almost guarantee it every time you're going to have a moment of crisis, a crisis of belief. So you can hear all about my crisis of belief in podcast episode number five, which is called Humble Confidence, uh, What You Need to Know to Lead Through Challenges. That pretty much tells you the story of all of the challenges that I had in my huge crisis of belief. So I, as a self-proclaimed overachiever and people pleaser, actually became an administrator that opened a brand new high school and was thrust into, I can't even tell you, all the new challenges and all the public opinions that had me questioning everything about myself. So I opened a high school and then immediately turned around and went into a pandemic. Ugh, lots of stress. But now through that constant reminder of who I was in Jesus, I was a constant work in progress, right? That's the action. And that I was not given a spirit of fear, but one of power and love, that I actually overcame all of those challenges and my crisis of belief because I found out who I really was. I am a strong, confident person, and I am a leader. It was because of those challenges, though, and the risks I had to take in putting myself out there that I truly overcame those insecurities. Y'all, let me encourage you today. Without the challenges and without experiencing that moment or crisis of belief, you're never truly going to find out what you're made of. And I'm here to tell you, that you are made for so much more than what you think you are. So now I can say I'm on the other side of the crisis of belief and I am finding there is sweet, (laughs) sweet hallelujah peace in not being ashamed of where I'm at in my life journey because I know I'm constantly making progress and will never reach perfection. So not only am I feeling more confident in who I am and what leadership abilities God has given me, I am on a mission. I am on a mission to answer question five in identifying what roles I play to help others recognize their potential and make progress on their own transformational journey into becoming the leader they should be. My firm foundation of identity is allowing me to experience not only peace like I've never known, but it's allowing me to take risks with confidence like I've never had before. And it's allowing me to serve others beyond the capacity I never thought possible. And that is why you need the essential rock number one of identity. Okay, it's time to recap what we're learning. There are eight essential rocks that we need to build our life and leadership on to be above the sand elements. And the absolute, most important, most essential rock is that of identity. Every single one of us struggles with defining who we are, whose society says we are, and who we wanna be. And the turmoil we develop in our lifelong journey in defining our identity is that gap between those three. We often think of teenagers and young 20-somethings as struggling the most with their identity, but the truth is that most people struggle with this question their entire lives. And sure, we try on various identities throughout our younger years, but then as an adult, we allow other things to define our identity. We allow our looks, our talents, our career, our family. And of course, there is the famous midlife crisis where we see it play out in 40 and 50 year olds as they try to reclaim the excitement of their youth. 
It is almost as though our entire life is continuing the search for identity and our internal securities are manifested when we face challenges and external problems. And guys, as a leader, all you deal with are challenges and external problems. So your identity or a lack of a firm one will always be showcased. To be essential leaders who build their life and leadership above the sand elements, you must be intentional in putting in the reflective work to ask these four questions. Who do I believe I am? Who do I want to become? Do I have what it takes to become who I've longed to be? And what roles do I play in building other people's identities? And as you think of those questions, you need to take action with each question by doing these four things. One, overcome the past stories, pressures, and traumas that told you who you were. Two, define the gap between who you are now and who and where you want to be. Three, when crisis comes, and it will come, you need to focus and be intentional on focusing on progress over perfection. And four, you need to get to the point where you focus on altruism, serving others along their transformation journey to discovering who they are. Thank you so much for joining me this week as we focused on essential rock number one, the essential rock of identity. I'll see you right back here for episode 17 when we cover essential rock number two, the essential rock of purpose. Until next time, Continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most important rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control.